Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Hello, 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 everyone. How are you all doing this evening? I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining me again this evening. Uh, tonight, we've got a very special episode for you that is going to be super empowering. And I'm excited to introduce you all to the beautiful Katie Kyleen, who is a renowned spiritual teacher and the founder of Prayers in the Soul. Her journey started when the doctors told her she had an incurable virus that was cancer causing. And after a long search for a cure, she had an experience that gave her a miraculous cure. After witnessing her own spontaneous healing, she founded an energy healing technique called Prayers in the Soul and works primarily by connecting with the Creator's being. She believes that through connecting back to the Creator's will, all things can be brought into love, peace, and maturity. Every problem in our life arises from stepping away from the heart and the solution is partnership with God through the heart. That is when the miracles are possible. Katie conducts seminars seminars all over the world, teaching people of all races, beliefs, and religions. And she has trained teachers and practitioners who are working in over 16 countries, including London, Dubai, and Egypt. Katie, welcome. Welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. It's so wonderful to be on. And um, I'm feeling pretty serene tonight. I think the word is serenity. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good place to go for what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, I'm so blessed. You know, we just had Matt Gottesman on our show uh, a few weeks ago. And of course, he introduced me to you, which I'm so grateful for. And I think it's just important for us to have these conversations given the very uncertain and chaotic times that we're in. This, to me, is going to be one of the most valuable conversations I think we can have on the podcast this year. And I am just excited for the audience to hear your stories. So before we kind of jump into how you got to your healing, can you just let the audience know you know, a little bit about you and, and I guess how connected you were to the unseen world at an early age. Oh, you know, um, I'd always had a love for the unseen world ever since I was a little girl. 
Um, I don't know if I would have called it that at that time, but I remember even when I was in school and it was math class, um, you know, I would have my mathematics book open and right hidden behind it would be, you know, the conversations with God book or, you know, some kind of, you know, new age spiritual book like that. So it's always been a fascination of mine since, since I was very young. I love that. So did you have um, some kind of like psychic abilities? Were you able to see things in the unseen realm that most people couldn't see? No. And I, I could never really see anything. I mean, I do remember once in a while having some bad dreams or things of that nature, but um, I never had any visions or I never saw an angel or anything of that nature at all. Um, I remember having kind of feelings run through me once in a while as a kid, but that's about it. I love that because this is why I love that. It sounds kind of funny to say that after you you, um, speak about (laughs) that. But the reason why I love it is because a lot of people will, you know, I have lots of guests on here who had gifts as a child and maybe they got repressed and then they got turned back on or they always knew. But I'm like you, I didn't have any major intuitive gifts that were there as a child. And I think it's important for people to know you may not have them accessible to you until later on in life. It doesn't mean you won't have them. It's just, I think it's important for people to understand that we all go through this experience in very different ways. So what I, what I was so drawn to with you, what I thought was such a very beautiful synchronicity is your healing journey is very similar to at least one of my initiations when I was younger. Like when I was 20, I got a phone call from the doctor and I got a very similar message as you did, although I didn't have the progression that you had. So can you share with the audience what kind of brought you to understanding this prayers of the soul technique that you are now teaching? Absolutely. So when I was younger, um, in my teenagers, I wasn't even 20. And I think it was around 16, 17, somewhere around there. Um, I um, ended up having these symptoms I didn't really understand at the beginning um, in my female area, in my vaginal area. And um, long story short, first, I thought it was not a big deal. Um, I thought, you know, maybe I'm shaving too much and I have bumps, you know, or, you know, something's wrong, but they just kept getting worse and worse and worse until uh, one day my friend said, you know what, Katie, we need to go to the doctor. So uh, my friend took me to the doctor and long story short, I found out um, that I had an incurable virus um, that was cancer causing. And for me at that age, that was just so much to, you know, process. And there wasn't a cream for it. There wasn't a pill for it. You know, there was anything I could do. It was always going to be with me. And that was so hard to digest. And I, and I just remember the doctor talking about protocols and what's next and contacting my parents and all, I was just frozen. I, I couldn't even take any more in. And I remember looking at my friend, like, let's get out. I, I can't digest anymore. So long story short, um, I didn't end up telling my parents. I thought to myself at the time, I was very naive. I'm just going to take, um, a few spiritual, you know, healing sessions, and I'm going to start drinking some green juice, and it's all going to go away, you know, thinking that, you know, if I just followed this, you know, protocol, it would all be good. 
Well, month after month after month, it got worse and worse and worse uh, to the point where the symptoms were um, so excruciatingly bad. Um, and uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost traumatizing. And so one day I looked at the calendar and I saw eight months had passed by and tomorrow was going to be the first day of the ninth month. And I was in the worst place I had been. So everything that I'd been doing, the, the juicing, the, you know, the Reiki sessions of this, the, that, the, that just was not working. And after seeing that eight months had passed by and tomorrow was going to be the first day of the ninth month, it all of a sudden hit me really, really hard that, oh my God, this isn't working. What I'm doing is not working. And have you ever been slapped that smile? Oh, that is such a scary place to be because, you know, essentially you put your faith in a lot of things outside of you yeah. to help you get better, which sometimes that does work for people. You know, there are times the juicing will work, yeah. eating raw diets, um, you know, those things can work, but it's not always going to be the case. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's very scary. Things, you know, I do think people should have a really good diet. And just like you said, I do think people should juice and all of that, but it just wasn't working, <laughs> you know? And um, in that moment, I was slapped out of denial, um, Nicole, and I broke down on my knees crying because I, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was so afraid. I just remember thinking, what am I going to do? And so I was crying on the floor and I was in a mode of God, I beg you, please help me. I am terrified. And, um, as I was crying, I remember all of a sudden I had this feeling like Katie, just do a healing session on yourself. And I remember fighting that thought, like, I don't know how to do one. I haven't gone to a class. What am I going to do? You know, and I had this back and forth battle for around, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I feel so extremely bad right now. I'm so afraid. Um, I'm just going to lay down on my friend's bed because I was in my best friend's house at the time. And I am going to just breathe and connect to God, which is all I knew how to do at that time. So I started to take really deep breaths. And with every breath, I just drew God in, drew God in, drew God in. And I only had one prayer in mind. God, I beg you, please heal this. And I just kept saying that over again. Please, God, I receive you. I beg you, please heal this. So I did this breath connection thing for around 45 minutes. And at the end of the 45 minutes, all of a sudden, I felt the presence of God in the entire room with this feeling of like, I am here. Um, and it was a feeling of peace, but yet ecstasy at the same time. And I remember opening my eyes going, oh my God, what is this? I've never had an experience like this before. I've never had a mystical experience up to that point. And fast forward, three days later, um, I went to take a shower and all of a sudden I realized all my symptoms had been erased. 
because by that time I had I even had genital warts that had appeared everywhere I mean it was really really bad and overnight I don't know what had happened it had completely disappeared like my skin looked back to normal which was really odd um, I had no pain just everything was gone and first I thought it was the juicing and things of that nature um, and I thought, great, finally, like the vitamins are kicking in, you know. Um, but then when I went and got tested um, by the doctor and they had to test me twice, um, the, result, uh, the results just came back negative. There, there was nothing there, uh, almost like it didn't even exist, like it wasn't even in my system. And so it was after going to the doctors that I realized, oh, my gosh, this was a miraculous healing. And that was my first time knowing that with partnership with God, uh, with a higher power, whatever you want to call it, source, um, miracles are possible. And healing is possible. And that's what moved me into the trajectory that I am in now. Wow. You know, it's, it's very... I, I, I don't know. I'm sure some of you in the audience have probably experienced this to some degree or something, but you know, it's really scary. I mean, anytime you have a health issue, it's scary, but when it's with your anywhere to do with your reproductive organs that are part of you being a woman or you being a man. Okay. There is something about that that really shakes you to your core and it's, it, it feels even more personal than, well, I mean, it feels very personal just because it's a very personal area. Um, and, but it's, it's, it's very scary. Like I remember when I got the call too from the doctor, I was, I think I was 20 years old and, um, you know, just told me on the phone, yeah, you've got, you've contracted HPV. It only had one partner. And, um, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And they just kind of basically said cancer. And it's, it, you know, they went to the word. I, I don't know how these people are trained in bedside manner, <laughs> but it totally freaked me out. I, like you, just started sobbing. I had the biggest frog in my throat. And, I, I, I just realized, I go, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. And I said, please help me, please help me. And that's when I was in my mind, I was shown a newspaper clipping that a friend had given me six months prior that was for something completely else unrelated. And I knew I was supposed to call that number. And that's what started me on my healing journey because it was to a natural path. And, you know, we, I had a very, I didn't go down the same route as you in a sense of I didn't, things didn't manifest to that degree. I didn't have to experience um, a lot of the physical symptoms that you did where I got that scary for me. But it was the thought of feeling like I was tainted, the feeling that there was something dirty, dirty about me, disgusting, like no one would want to touch me. I wouldn't want someone to touch me, like feeling bad that I might give this to someone else, you know, like all of these things, just the shame, the shame that comes with it is so heavy. And um, I remember thinking, who's going to want to marry me? Yeah. Who's going to want to be around this? I don't want to be around this. I don't, I don't want to be around someone who's around this. You know, all these thoughts go through your mind, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yes. A lot of shame, a lot of shame and judgment and everything. And, you know, what was really interesting was when I, when I met with my naturopath who became a very profound part of my spiritual journey in my twenties, 
she said to me in, in the first in their first session, she goes, well, OK, well, it's just a virus, Nicole. Viruses come and go. And I'm like, no, but this one, there's no cure. <laughs> and she said, oh, she goes, that's what the doctors are telling you. She goes, every virus can leave the body. We just need to find out why you're holding on to it and you won't let it go. And I thought that was very interesting because it kind of ties into what we're going to be getting into right now, at least the concept of surrender and letting go. So this idea of really kind of turning it over to God and allowing that will of God, what has come through for you in understanding that on a deeper level? Like what what started to shift and change for you and everything that you understand about healing? Yes. So after that, it, it took me down a path of who is God and, you know, how do miracles happen and what does God want for each of us, right? And so uh, that really started taking me down the path of understanding the will of God, which was always my biggest fascination, right? What is the will of God? And through that, a few things formed um, from it. Really, it's from the same, you could kind of say tree trunk, um, a few different types of branches formed. And two of the main branches that formed for me was sitting to energetically receive the will of God and receiving messages on what is the will of God for each person. So you could kind of say healings and readings formed from this. And, and it took a, a few years for this to form. It, it wasn't immediate. It was a lot of practice and connecting and learning and eliminating things that I thought were the will of God and weren't and things of that nature. But eventually it got me to the path of working directly with the creator. And as I start to work with the creator, Nicole, a lot of things um, were really made clear to me. Um, one being how we really misunderstand the difference between the will of man and the will of God. And sometimes what we think is God's will is really man's will. And what man is doing is moving through its own will. And then when things don't work out, it's pointing its finger at God and saying, why did you let this happen to me? You know, and yep. so, ne never done that myself. No, nope, never done that. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> you know, and so that, that was one of the first things that I came to learn. And um, I also learned that God really doesn't want us to suffer. And I learned that the biggest gift that God has given us is our heart. Um, and our heart isn't just a chakra. It is a center of being. It's equal to the soul. It's equal to our mind. It's equal to our body. It's its own center of being. And um, when we listen to the heart, um, it is very easy to bypass suffering, to not even enter into situations that cause suffering in the first place. And so a lot of things were learned there. You, well, it's interesting because when we think about you know, when we're, we're created, you know, this, when the, the sperm meets the egg, the first cells that are, are created are the heart cells. Oh, that is so beautiful. And right. And so it makes sense that, you know, usually the emphasis of what is going to be most powerful is on what is created first in because everything comes from that creation. So if everything's coming from the center of our heart, then of course, the best path of anything that we can take to heal anything or to understand anything is through the heart. Yes. And the heart really is our GPS system. 
But the problem with humanity as a whole is it's kind of started to disconnect from the heart. And so when you disconnect from the heart, you're disconnecting from your GPS system because within our heart lies our purpose. If you want to know your purpose, you have to dig deep into the heart. Within our heart lies the ability to discern. So the ability to say, "Mm, you're for me, you're not for me. Or, you know, I think, you know, my desire body may want you to be my boyfriend, but my heart's saying you're actually my brother, right? So it's that ability to be able to discern or, you know, I really want to hire you as my employee, but something in my heart is telling me not to. So it's that it's the ability to be able to discern. Um, And it's also the ability to be able to create joy in our lives come right through the heart. Peace comes through the heart. Everything that is special comes through the heart. So the heart chakra is not like the other chakras. It's, um, it, I don't, I don't, it, it is not equivalent to the third eye. It's not equivalent to the throat. It is a center of being. It's very different. Yeah, it's its its, its own portal. Yeah. Um, and, and so, okay. This is very interesting. And, and the reason why, guys, I feel like this is going to be such an important um, show for everyone to watch and listen to, probably re-listen to so that it kind of really sinks in, is we're being we're kind of in a spiritual war right now, you know, and there's a lot coming at us. And it's it's challenging our faith. It's challenging our relationship with God, spirit, the creator. Um, it's challenging our, you know, it's bringing, it's, it's facing, causing us to really face a lot of our fears and, and see like, are we truly sovereign or are we at the mercy of our fears? And there's so much coming up here that is calling into question how deep and how strong is your belief and your trust in God, in the universe? And if so, how much are you willing to lean into it? How much are you willing to give yourself to that? And I feel like this is one of the biggest challenges that's coming up for us. I feel like everyone in the world is pretty much going through this lesson right now to to really lean into that area. You know, you spoke about how you, when you started to connect with God directly, that you, and work with the creator, that you started to learn some things that you thought were true and you realize they're very different than what you perceived them initially. I know before we, st- we, we started, you start kind of talking about soulmates and things like that. What are some of the things that you realize that's not what I thought it was? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, there's so many, <laughs> but the, uh, there's a few that I think are very, very important for people to understand, especially right now. Uh, the first thing that's very important for people to understand is the heart is our biggest protector and now everyone right now is really so afraid right and when we are afraid our energy completely draws back and if we are looking for spiritual protection right now we have to do the exact opposite so people think that in order to receive spiritual protection you have to put a shield around you you have to put a bubble around you you have to separate and disconnect you know stay away from my energy I'm not going to the mall you know I'm not answering this phone call. I'm not sitting next to this person. And that is not protection. That is not boundaries. That's barriers. And and so the first thing that the creator taught- Whoa, 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 whoa. You just dropped a major bomb right there. I want everyone 
to listen to that again. That is not boundaries. That is barriers. That is huge. I love that because that is something that we're being pushed into right now is boundary this, boundary that. You can't come near me. I can't come near you. Like cords done, cords done. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and this is something that I've realized over the, you know, the last couple of years is that, you know, when it comes to protection, I almost don't even like to use the word protection because it insinuates that you're being attacked, right? And it gives away your own um, power. So what I like to think of it as, and I'm, I'm wondering if you're going to be going in this direction, is that it's more of like strengthening your field, like, you know, just making you bigger, stronger, like, you know, like really kind of amping you up and empowering yourself so that you can receive who's willing to be received and who's not, they're just not going to be in resonance with you. It's not anything you have to even think about. That's exactly it. And what he really taught, I say he, but God is really androgynous. He's not he or she, it's creator. But what the creator really um, has showed me is, is that when you open up your heart, if you want spiritual protection, expand the field of your heart as big as you can. Don't put a shield around you. Do the exact opposite. Breathe your love and expand it as big as you can. So whenever you're at the airport, it's not don't touch me, don't touch me. It's send my love to every single person around me. And that is your biggest protection. Your heart, your love is your biggest protection. And, you know, I, I like, when you think of like Christ, you know, um, you know, when I think of like the Christ walking into a room back in the days, 2000 years ago, he didn't go, I'm not going to sit next to this girl's energy. He did the exact opposite. You know, he sat next to that person's energy and fill the person with so much love through his own heart, right? So, I mean, that's an example. It can be Moses, Elijah, whomever, right? Um, So that is one of the first things that I've learned is that protection does not create separation, okay? Mm. And have you ever had um, a day where you're so in your heart that someone comes and says something really crappy to you? Like, ugh, you're so blah, 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 blah you know, whatever it may be. And because you're so in your heart, you go, oh, I'm so sorry you feel that way, but I don't. Have a great day. Yeah. (laughs) That's when you're in your heart. When you're in your heart, nothing can touch you. No one else's projections or fears will bother you. You'll see them as they are, but you won't feed into them. Mm. So that was the first thing that the creator taught me. I, I love that. I love that. Really quickly, there's a question. They're asking if you, there's a way you can turn your volume up. I think it's coming in a little softer. Um, and I am soft-spoken. Does that help? Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, that's coming in a little bit better now. Okay. Um, all right. Um, and I'm so soft-spoken, so just keep reminding me if I keep dropping down. And I'll no, yeah, you're, you're doing good. I'm loving what you're talking about. Okay, so this is beautiful. So basically, expanding from your heart is the way to really, like, to make sure that, you know, what it is that is not right for you won't come near you, you know, but not because you don't want it to, just because it's not in resonance. And if it does come near you it doesn't affect you in the same way like you already are in your power so you just go I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah yeah I love it I love it okay so that was the first thing the creator taught you what was um another one another thing that the creator has taught me is life lessons are unnecessary 
So we've gone into this uh, big new age belief that, oh, I need to go through something to learn a lesson. Um, but that's the same thing as saying, oh, I had to go through that experience to walk through the fire and suffer. And the truth is, is that um, uh, the God, the creator gave us our heart, which is our inner GPS system, so that we wouldn't have to go through lessons. So lessons are only when we step out of the heart. Because when we are in our heart, we are able to receive the answers and the guidance right from the beginning before we step into the fire. Ooh, that's big. That's big. And it's another big misunderstanding that's that's really, um, really big right now, you know? Okay, that's huge because I've never thought about it that way. But as soon as you said it, it everything in my body told me yes. And... It's a choice to learn your lesson by stepping out of the heart field, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's neither bad nor good, but you don't have to. Exactly. You don't have to suffer. So, you know, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. For instance, this woman once came and she said, I have such a connection to this guy and I really feel he's my soulmate. When we get together, we are so telepathic. We can read each other's thoughts. We even have dreams about each other. I know he is the one. And so when we got in and did a reading, um, the answers that actually came through is, is that the two of them were meant to be friends that always protected each other's souls and that they were never meant to take their relationship any further. Now, after the reading was over, she looked at me and she said, you know what, something in my instincts told me that is so, but I just, I just didn't want to listen to it. So she leaves the session and I don't hear from her for a few months and she ends up dating the guy. And she has a very tumultuous relationship with him. And I hear from her um, somewhere in between a really quick text. And then I don't hear from her again. And then nine months later, she comes to me totally heartbroken in pain. Um, and I reminded her of the reading that had come through at the beginning. Um, but the reason I'm sharing this with you is she looked at me and she said, what is the lesson that I had to learn here? And what I reminded her is that her heart was already giving her signals to not step into this relationship. She didn't have to go through learning a lesson. You know, she could have just listened to what her heart was saying from the beginning um, and not even stepped into that situation. So our heart gives us signals about every single thing if we become attuned to it. It gives us signals about how to talk to the person we're on the phone with. It gives us signals about how to water our plants in the morning. It gives us signals about what shampoo and conditioner we should be using. I mean, there is nothing it does not speak to us about. Our problem is, is as humanity, we've disconnected a little from our hearts and we now think that our desire body, which lies in the second chakra, is our heart speaking to us. And that's where we get really confused. And our desire body is the temptation. It's the one that goes, hmm, he's really delicious, you know, or the one that goes, hmm, a little bit more money from that job. Yeah, I am going to change jobs. I do want a little bit more money. 
Whereas maybe where the person was, was a great fit already. I'm giving silly examples here, but the desired body can be very misleading. So what, what humanity is, some, have you heard people say sometimes, I listened to my heart and I got hurt? Yes. <laughs> it's, I listened to my desire body and I got hurt. So, so there's a difference between the two. Um, and so that was the, the second thing that was taught to me is if you listen to your heart from the beginning, you do not have to go through life lessons. You literally get to stand in joy at all times. So why do you think it is that people don't listen to their heart and choose the desire body, you know, which could be disguised as the heart? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think because from when we are young, we're not taught about the heart. You know, our youth aren't taught to sit and listen to the heart. Our youth aren't, aren't taught that um, the heart has a voice and it speaks to you all the time. Uh, in fact, I remember when the creator taught me how to very gently start reconnecting to my heart and it took multiple months to even hear its voice because that's how disconnected I was. Um, I came to realize how it communicates about every single thing. I mean, it was so shocking. Like I would, I would be angry and I'd pick up the phone. Um, let's just say I'd had an argument with my friend and pick up the phone to have an angry conversation. And I'd literally hear my heart say, don't call until tomorrow, you know, or um, I'd come to eat a piece of chocolate and my heart would say, your body's not wanting this right now. I mean, it speaks about every single detail or one day I literally forgot to water my plants and I heard my heart say, the plants are thirsty. It talks to you about every single detail of your life, even what tax account to pick. <laughs> yeah, that's how detailed it is. Okay, this is, this is huge because I think... You know, when you were saying how we just we don't teach children how to listen to the voice within the heart and really tune that out. It's absolutely true. And I can see how, you know, going forward, I, I even just when I think about, oh, if I am so lucky to have kids one day, that that is probably one of like the first lessons, you know, or when I say lessons, but it's just the teachings, you know, to to pass on to make sure that's never uh, broken or impeded upon, at least as much as I can can help it. Uh, you know, life happens and it's, you know, there are certain things without my control. But I think that, you know, if we did have this, you know, somehow this wisdom that we were all able to pass on to our children to really tune into that heart, my goodness, this world would be completely different, completely different. Absolutely. And honestly, that is why I've just recently uh, been creating a nonprofit for kids to learn how to connect to their heart, to pray, um, to, to learn how to be in two minutes completely for free, um, because I'm starting to realize how important this is. It's super important. It's super important. So, okay, let's go into, so how do you connect with this will of God? Because I mean, one of the hardest things when you've been so disconnected is the path of reconnection. There's a lot of stumbling. There's a lot of fumbling. There's a lot of self-doubt that comes in. Um, and how did you navigate that and strengthen it and then, 
you know, what, what kind of teachings did you read? Did you kind of, um, get from that, that you realized this can work for a lot of people? Yes. So, uh, the way I have learned it, and I know there are many different ways, and this is just a personal way that Katie has been through, um, is that I've learned to gently surrender to it bit by bit by bit. Um, and the more you surrender to it, the more it overtakes your life, but the more it overtakes your life, the, it, it becomes harder because the less you listen, the less you have to listen to your ego. And, and that's not easy in the sense where every day you're given an option. Do you want to follow the will today? Or do you want to follow the ego? Do you want to follow the will today? Or do you want to follow the ego? Right. And the will of God makes us very simple it makes us very pure and it takes us back to the basics like one thing i've realized is god really doesn't care about status god doesn't care about fame um god doesn't care about how rich we are now does god does care about how how secure, stable, and abundant we are. But what I'm trying to say is anything from unhealthy motive um, goes against the will of God. So every day, you, it's a very gentle process of surrendering deeper and deeper into the will of God. Um, God. God doesn't want us to really harm one another. God doesn't want us to harm ourselves. And one thing that I I've noticed is that at the beginning, when people sometimes come to do these will of God readings, some people are like, oh my gosh, uh, this was always been my purpose. I knew I was always meant to do this. So they're very um, in tune with who they are. But then there are other people that come to do the you know, will of God readings and it's almost foreign to them because they've been so disconnected from themselves. It's almost like, really? God wants me to do that? Like God wants me to, um, I'm just, I'm just going to give you a silly example. God wants me to be a teacher to children. That's so weird. Like I didn't even think I liked children, but that's because the person over the years has disconnected so much more and more from itself. Whereas when it was a child, everything was intact. The purpose was intact. What they were meant to do was intact, but over time they have disconnected. So for some people, it, it doesn't sound as foreign. It's like, oh my gosh, yes, this is what I want to do. This is my purpose. Thank you for really breaking it up for me in such clear ways. But then with other people, it can sound a little foreign. Yeah, I, I can see how that would happen, um, you know, and th there's a lot of people who are deeply, deeply enmeshed in a lot of the illusions that we believe are what is who we are, you know, what we're all about. And, um, and then, you know, and it's just, it's, you know, everyone's journey is unique to their own. And I think it's important to, to clarify here for people, because I think as souls, we orchestrate our path for us and all the things we want to experience. But at the same time, there's always a degree of free will on how long you want to choose to experience something, you know, um, how like, you know, how deep do you really want to go into that feeling? Or do you want to, 
you know, do you want to move through something faster? And I think that, you know, I look, I think back on to all of the different instances in my life where, you know, I knew I shouldn't be doing something. I knew it was wrong. I knew, but then there was the part of me, which of course is all of the insecurities, the parts of me that didn't think I was worthy, the parts of me that didn't think um, I deserved something or the parts of me that just wanted so desperately to be loved because I didn't know how to love myself. And, you know, all of these things that, you know, we're here to reconnect with, which is really, we're not learning anything. We're just reconnecting. Yeah. And uh, the package is given to us from when we're born. And, and this is where, there's nothing we really have to accrue. Um, for instance, once I saw an image of every baby, every single baby that's born on this planet is born on this planet to continue the loving plan of God and the loving plan of God. So every baby coming onto the planet has a purpose here to continue to expand and unfold the loving plan of God. So ever since we are young, each of us have been given this perfect concoction of what we need in our heart um, to uh, birth our purpose into the world. Most of the time, again, as kids, we're just not taught how to read this perfect concoction um, to see what it, what it is or how it is meant to materialize in the world. But after doing these readings, I saw, Nicole, I cannot tell you, every single part of our personality has been placed there on purpose for a reason. Every part of it, like the determination, the feistiness, the gentleness, the, um, uh, the ability to see through things and the, the unique concoction of that entire bag is um, what's meant to materialize our purpose into the world. You know, uh, we're not the way we are um, out of fluke. Uh, we're, we are the way we are for a very, very, very unique purpose. And once I started to do these readings, I started to see how deeply God's plan was way bigger than we thought it was. For instance, this woman came to me once and, you know, she just thought um, that her purpose was to do, you know, just healing one-on-one -on -one in her healing room. Um, but when we did a reading um, with her, um, she was reminded that ever since she was young, she had a fascinating fascination with the skeletal system. She was always, when she was a kid, like she was always really fascinated with the bones, you know, uh, she would even draw bones and she would measure bones and she would do all of these things and she had totally forgotten about it. Um, and this lady was in her late thirties. And um, God reminded her that the real reason of what, why, why she had come to be on this planet was to protect people's bones, to be an osteopath. And so she's thinking to herself, I wanna be in the helping field. I'm just gonna go be a healer. That's what I'm meant to do. But when we opened up the bigger vision, God wanted her to have a clinic one day where people came to repair bones naturally. I mean, there was a whole 20 year plan for her, you know? And so, and every single part of her personality was built to be an osteopath that heals people naturally. So it, it's just so incredible. So 
the only thing that we have lost is, again, as very young kids, is the ability to read the perfect concoction of who we are um, and to know how to materialize that on earth. This is interesting timing, this conversation, because, you know, last week I had a dream and I, I talked about it with my alchemy group, which is my um monthly um, subscription program, the, everyone in there. And we have a private Discord server and we have a, G, a dream channel. And in the dream channel, I woke up one morning and uh, it was like, it was literally last week, last Tuesday. And I woke up three minutes before my alarm, which was set for 515 because I wanted to go to the gym really early. And I woke up three minutes before my alarm literally speaking my dream out loud like I was speak what I was speaking in my dream and I woke myself up because of my own voice and in this dream I was talking to I received a phone call from Andrew Bartsis which I don't know if you know who he is but he's the galactic historian and I've had him on my show like a year ago and um, I'm, I, I really enjoy his his teachings and um, he's an Akashic he's an Akashic records reader um, but goes way beyond like earth and so he called me up on my phone, which I, we don't have each other's phone numbers, but in the dream, he calls me up and he says to me, it's, I goes, are you ready to have a conversation? Do you have some time to spare me? And I said, well, what's it about? And he says, well, it's time for you to stop making yourself so small. And I said, well, what do you mean? Because I thought I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, doing all these things that I think like, you know, that I'm, you know, was been drawn to do. And I, you know, expanding. I think I'm expanding, expanding, whatever. And he goes, it's time for you to reveal the physics, the physics scientist, the physics, the physics scientist within you. And I and I said, oh, and I thought to myself for a second, well, that's strange but then I, in my dream, I said to him, well, you know, you're not the first person to tell me that. Someone else has mentioned that to me earlier. But in real life, no one has ever said that to me. But in my dream, I say that to him because I recall actually another conversation in my dream that someone said that to me. And he said, yes, so why are you holding yourself back is the real question. And I thought to myself in the dream, well, that's a really good question. And I thought about it and I was kind of going into the feeling and I realized there was a lot of fear around being like fear around exposing this physics science kind of part of me, like, because I love science. I love science all through like elementary school, high school. Like I loved science and I really enjoyed physics. But when I got to the math part, like the calculus part, I broke down. I was like, I don't understand this. I, and I just shut it. I shut it off. And, um, but there was a part of me that thought like, you know, like the quantum aspect of physics, I really am very much into. And I woke myself up from that dream and I felt like I was accessing the Akashic records and that source was talking to me through the image of Andrew Bartzis, you know, and um, and it made me think it's been making me think for the last week, like it's been on my mind. I'm like, what? what is that? Like, what is that all about? Like, is there a part of me that I am holding back and I'm not allowing to come through? It's precisely what I'm talking about. And usually what I call the heart's promise, which is your purpose. It's your promise that your heart made to God before you were born. The heart's promise. Um, usually when you're younger, you're very attuned to it. 
you're very, very attuned to it. So just like you, you loved your science, you loved your physics, and you were built like that, Nicole, for a purpose. These loves aren't just there randomly. And the problem with us is, is that we've forgotten that these concoctions are here to get us on a very, very, very specific path, very specific path. Um, like I'll, I'll give you an example of someone else. I had this other woman come in for a reading and um, she has an extreme love for traveling, for feeling really free um, and also for um, showing up in really duress, stress type situations. And she also really wants to just help the world. Like it's, it's just really in her heart. And um, she's, uh, she, she's studying to, to be a nurse and she was stuck in this very, very small town and just really, really unhappy and, and stuff like that. And when her reading came through, the creator reminded her, my love, you love to travel. You love to feel free. Um, you love to help people all around the world and showed her that she was meant to be a traveling nurse that goes to third world countries um, to help women give birth to babies, create clinics all over the place. Whereas she was um, studying to be a cardiac nurse that would have kept her really stuck in one location. So every single part of the way we're built is built there for a purpose um, to materialize something very, very unique on earth. Okay, that's important. And I think this is important for all of you in the audience who are listening right now to fully understand how significant this information is right now, because we're kind of taught to fit ourselves into one box or maybe two boxes. And that's what limits us. It's it's this limiting idea or belief that we've got to funnel everything into one direction and we can't be this multidimensional being that we all are by, en- by encompassing, you know, and embracing all of the parts of us. And how does that all fit in to that purpose that we're all like, you know, really, truly trying to find like our spot in, you know, like wh- where is that, you know, how does it look? And like, and, you know, some of us are, you know, trying things out for the first time. Some of us are trying out multiple things or we've been doing certain things, but then there's more evolution coming through because like what you're saying is realizing it's not just about a few things. It's the entire package. Yeah. The entire package is created very, very purposefully. So now it's interesting before I had learned this, I would go to readers and healers that would say it's not one thing you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And I genuinely used to think that's true until I could hear the creator's voice specifically pointing out why he created or she, it, whatever, a draw to say he, cause it's easier. Why the creator created the soul specifically for a reason. Um, and each component c- comes together, you know, to materialize something here on earth. Um, and another thing, I wanted to say, which is very connected to what you were saying, is um, everyone's trying to put themselves in the same box. And we really aren't meant to be in the same box. Like I had this guy come to me just a few months ago for a reading. And I, and, um, I asked him, why are you here? What type of a session do you want? A healing, a reading? What do you want? And he said, I want a healing. And I said, okay. 
And I said, why? He said, um, I have a lot of blockages in my heart and people are telling me that I don't know how to love. And I said, okay, and what makes you say that? And he said, a lot of the relationships that I get into at the beginning, I'm kind of really into it. And then I really lose interest really quickly and I get so bored. And then I just, you know, break up with the girl. And people are telling me I have heart chakra issues. And I'm like, well, actually, that makes sense. I mean, if it seems, sounds like you have commitment issues and you can't even one relationship, right? That's what Katie's mind was thinking. But I got into a reading and I was in awe. The creator said to this man, he said, stop fighting how deeply you enjoy your independence. I gave you the gift of independence so you could be an example to others of what independence looks like. Take pleasure in your independence and stop forcing yourself to be in relationships you don't want to be in. And I saw that he was meant to have a family um, in his late, late 40s, early 50s, and that that was okay for him. He doesn't have to fit into this box of by 35, you should be married, you should have your first kid. Da, 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 da. So we don't, each of us also have very different timelines. We have to stop comparing our timelines to each other, going, oh, you're married. Oh, you have kids. Oh, you've already made your first million. Because um, that is um, a deep betrayal to your own soul and a deep betrayal to your heart's promise to do something like that. Oh. Wow, that that actually hit me very deeply. I'm wondering if you guys in the chat um, really had that hit you because it's so important. And this is something that I've been also realizing through my own journey that you have got to honor your own individuality and stop painting every experience with the broad brush that the world tells us we need to paint it with and understand it with because there's so much more depth to why we're choosing certain things or why we're going. It's not just a simple, oh, it's because of this or, oh, it's because of that because this person does that. And, you know, like basically, again, fitting us all into a certain box of behaviors of why this happens and, 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 and you know, and, and it just, it really does limit our ability to understand ourselves and we come up with these projections these projected ideas of who we are what we are why we are you know and it's just it's very limiting and that really resonates with me obviously because you know I'm in my mid-40s and I've never been married and I haven't had kids I do want to be married I do want to have kids but I knew that you know in my 20s and 30s one, like I needed to travel. I needed to explore the world. I needed to live a certain lifestyle that was right for me, you know, and that, you know, if that time came where I felt like that was where I wanted to be, then, you know, family and kids would be next. But I knew that it was just, it was not in me to settle down early, even though I had people questioning me, Nicole, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? What are you doing with your life? You know, and it's just like, ah, <laughs> And I'm so glad, Nicole, that you didn't. I'm so, so glad you didn't because I'm watching so many people misunderstand who they think their soulmate is and who they think their soulmate isn't. Um, 
and I've really come to learn to speaking about marriage and relationships. Um, I just want you to know how, what you, how amazing it is that you stuck to you being you like now more than ever have so much respect for that. Um, because most, not most, some people are in relationships where they think they're with their soulmate, but they're actually with, I call them unions of convenience where you have a certain fear. I have a certain fear. Let's match together and cocoon. So you're afraid of security. I'm afraid of security. So let's match together and, you know, um, get into a relationship so that, you know, I don't ever feel like I have to make money alone and you don't ever have to feel like you're making money alone. So those are what I call unions of convenience. And there's a lot of them on the planet right oh, now. Oh, that, I love that. Love that. Oh my gosh. Never heard that before. Totally love it. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. And it's people matching with fears and cocooning together. And it could be anything. It could be, you're good looking. I'm good looking. I only want to be with someone good looking. You only want to be with someone good looking. Let's get into a union of convenience. It could be any type of fears that match together and bond the two together. So it's the first type of relationships I'm seeing. The second types of relationships I'm seeing people get into are, I call um, unions of attraction. So have you ever met someone's soul and you're like, oh my God, there is something magical about you, you know? And that's what I call a union of attraction, but it doesn't necessarily mean that person is your soulmate. Um, or what it really means is that there's something within that person's soul that is so deeply beautiful to you that you wish you would have had yourself. So when you go to a party and you're walking and that person's energy just calls to you and you're like, boom, chicka, wow, wow, you know, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you found your soulmate. It means there's something about that energy that you're finding really attractive. Now, what happens with unions of attraction is after a while, it usually dims down or a lot of problems start to get created. And the problems come because it was never really built on the correct foundation, right? Um, so it was built off of attraction versus the person's heart calling the other person's heart. So most relationships on earth right now are built upon unions of attraction. And a lot of arguments, a lot of problematic um, problems arise usually after the first year of being together, second year, um, things of that nature. Um, and then we have the third type of union, which is I call the union ordained by God. Um, and those unions usually only come um, when the soul is standing in its purpose and as it stands in its purpose, it matches and attracts the other half that holds that same common purpose. And together they become one body, one soul, one flesh. And that is a true union or ordained by God. It's when two souls are stepping in with the exact same purpose. Um, and together they walk in the exact same um, path. 
And so a lot of people on earth are getting stuck in unions of convenience or they're getting stuck in unions of attraction um, and they're settling instead of waiting for the union that's ordained by God, which is exactly what you are doing. Oh my gosh, I'm like getting chills. I love that. I have never heard that described to me in any way, shape or form the way you did. And that is probably one of my most favorite ways of understanding relationships, unions, um, and that idea of like, the ordained union by God. Like, I love that, that it's, I mean, you think about like the divine union, divine partnership, but that in itself is just like, this is what was ordained to to come in. And I think that, again, I don't feel like there's only one person who would fit that mold, you know, like I, I believe that there would be multiple, but um, again, it's like, yeah, this idea of settling, you know, and um not being able to to wait or at least follow like the will of God, as you're saying. So ordained, Nicole, by the creator isn't something it's not a flaky relationship. It really will last a a lifetime when it comes. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a relationship that has deep endurance and deep, deep stamina. And uh, it will create a, I'm not saying there won't be problems, but there will always be a tremendous amount of peace, love and harmony. And the two souls complement each other so, so deeply. You know, um, when you are in a union of attraction, sometimes after a while, one gets bored of the other or one doesn't feel as stimulated by the other person's soul anymore. Oh yeah. And that's because they're not in that union that that soulmate that God, you know, had chosen for them. Yeah, yeah, no I totally know what you're saying. I totally know what you're saying and it it makes complete sense to me. It makes complete sense because there, I, I know I've been in relationships where, um, yeah, it's just, I'm not into it anymore. Or, you know, I've been in relationships where the other person hasn't been into it. And, um, and that is, I think, something that everyone can relate to on some level. We've all been there. We've all been there. So how did you, you know, before we end the show here, can you take us through your process of deepening this connection like because you started off with breath work but i know when you and i spoke earlier that you said the breath work isn't even necessary it's just the connection and i kept thinking you know at the beginning because what had helped me in my original you know that healing that i had had was breathing and connecting right so i always thought it was a big part of what healed me was the breath but Uh, what I came to realize, and it was a message that came through over and over again, uh, my child, the breath is unnecessary, my child, the breath is unnecessary, but it took me a while um, to really let go of it, I I held on to it for a very, very long time, I came to realize that it's not the breath that heals the person, it's the faith, it's the connection, it's the connection to source, to creator, that makes you move mountains, that, that brings about the mystical, that brings about the healings, the miracles. And it's not so much the breathing that's doing it. The breathing can actually be very empty. 
what brings about the energy that causes the shift, the transformation inside um, is the connection that comes through faith. And I use the word faith because you may not outwardly see it, uh, but you know it's there, you know you can trust it, and you know it will come through for you. Oh, you know, I think all of us are going through something in our lives right now where our faith is being tested to really trust and lean into that that will of God that you're talking about. And I know I'm going through something myself that is... You know, I, I keep thinking about this and I'm like, okay, you just, you need to surrender. You need to lean in and build that connection. And, and you're right. I, it's not to say that the breath is not a, uh, an important part of, of anything, but it's not, like you said, it's not necessary in a sense of, I believe it's a tool that we use to build and understand what that connection feels like until we feel comfortable enough that we don't need the crutch of the breath to do it for us. We learn how to do it in our own sovereign way. Yeah, and you can literally just close your eyes and let it come through. So it, it, it again, there are many forms of breath work and, and things of that out there. And it does not to poo-poo that. We're only talking about if you're wanting to create miracles directly with the creator, um, all you need is right here. You know, the breath isn't needed. You don't need to take a plant and go through a hallucinogenic experience. You know, you, you, know, you don't need to have 10 types of crystals around you, um, you know, to make it happen. It's all in here. The connection was given to us since birth, and it's our birthright to be able to tap into it at all times. You know, it's it's funny because I just put out a post on Instagram a couple hours ago. It's just so, you know, we we try to accumulate all of these things that we think of our value to make our life more valuable. And one of the things that, you know, I've learned through the, one of the big lessons of this life is learning that, um, you know, the biggest value that we have is already within us. We just need to pull everything away that, you know, is muddying it all up or 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 you know, what I said is a lot of it's buried under a lot of fear, you know, of what's truly valuable. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, having your crystals and having your ceremonies and your candles or your, you know, your organite or, you know, whatever it is that you, you, you know, your plant medicines, there's nothing wrong with that. You get to choose how you want your experiences. But at the end of the day, they're really just tools to get you to the point where you realize None of it is necessary. Everything you need is always within you. And that's ultimately, again, it's just helping us reconnect because we've been so disconnected. So it's okay to have those things to help you get there along the way. But eventually, you know, you start to realize, I don't really need it. It's, you know, and you start to realize that um, the power is really truly within your heart. And you're absolutely right. That heart, it's kind of, it, it's it's exciting to me to think about like you know going into meditation and just dropping into that heart space and just allowing all the energy to start emanating from the heart and just focusing on like what that feels like and letting it build letting it build through just your own feeling of being comfortable and loving in your own heart space Absolutely. Yeah. And no, this isn't a judgment towards any healing modality or tool or anything out there. Uh, I've just come to learn that the way we were built was perfect from the beginning. Mm -hmm. you know? 
Okay, really quickly, I have one question for you from the audience um, before we close out, and it's from Harmony, and she said, um, what if you really desire that kind of union, but you have been married to someone for 16 years? Wow, okay. Um, what I would do is um, pray for the courage um, to step onto God's path, God's will, when it comes to your relationships, because slowly over time, if that that the person that you're married to is not the person for you, uh, you will feel like you're forcing yourself to be there every day. Like you will actually feel like you're laying in bed at night and you don't want to be next to the person. Or you'll feel like every time they come to touch you, it will actually make you want to freeze. And I'm just giving you these tiny little cues that will kind of show you you're not the one for me anymore. Um, so what I would do um, is pray deeply for God's will to open up so that you can step into whatever energy it is that you need to, to draw in your man that is ordained for you by God. And I will tell you, it's very rare harmony to see anyone that doesn't have a soulmate that's ordained by God. It's very rare I've come across a reading where someone was actually not meant to be in a partnership in that lifetime. I mean, maybe every, I don't know, one in 500 readings. It's very, very rare. Okay. Okay. So it's like 0.2% or something. <laughs> and usually people like that, and Nicole, you will know it because they're people that, uh, you know, don't mind living in the mountain by themselves herding goats all day, you know? Mm -hmm that's a relationship isn't even in their periphery like they have no interest or fascination in that and they're just kind of built that way or people that have come here on earth to do something very specific and then just leave you know in, invent something and then just leave so they'll come in with a very targeted you know purpose do what they're meant to and then exit mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. And that's where it all comes down. Like you just can't have judgment over anyone's path or, you know, putting any expectations of what you think it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to be. And this is where we've got to let all of that go and really tune into what is truly for you. And yeah, listening to that voice. That's so important. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show. It's been such a wonderful talk. I, um, this has been great. I know I'm going to re-listen to it and uh, I am going to promote this one um, in my newsletter tomorrow because I think a lot of people need to hear this. Let um, my audience know where they can connect with you and what you've got going on if there's anything you have that you want to promote. Absolutely. Um, so everyone can connect to me through my website, which is Arizona Spiritual Events with an S. Um, on Facebook, I am Katie S. Kyleen. Um, although, uh, please write me a message saying you want to become a friend first. <laughs> um, so I know who you are and where you're coming from. And then um, I don't use Instagram very often, but I do pop in on it once in a while. And I am spiritually strong on Instagram. So, and those are the three um, uh, vehicles that you can um, find me on Instagram, Facebook. Okay. 
Um, sorry. Yeah. Like I thought my, my microphone wasn't working because my, my whole screen has frozen again. It does this after an hour, somehow the screen freezes and I don't know why it does that. Um, so I don't even know if we're going to be able to end the show right now, but we'll try. Uh, so I'm going to leave those details. I've got your Instagram and your website in the details below. Um, because I don't have Facebook, if you want to send me your Facebook link, then I can drop that in the show notes that will go out to all the podcast platforms as well. And so guys, if you want to work with Katie at a reading, a healing, or just connect with her in some way, um, you can follow those uh, links. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Katie. And thank you everyone for being here. I hope you got a lot out of this conversation. I think it's empowering. I think it's important for these times that we're in. And guys, I love you so much. Have a wonderful evening and I'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright, and I'll see you next week.